this group mentally hasn't given in to all the other stuff going through a losing streak or not playing as well as we can um, at times that they wanted to continue to find a way and fight through it. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. You're in the right place. You are you are home. You've come to the correct radio show this evening. It's NBA trade deadline day. Daddy's here. All right, I here I am. Here we go. This is the place to be. This is one of my favorite days of the year. In college, I would skip class on NBA trade deadline day. And I would skip class and watch ESPN and scroll Twitter because I don't want to miss anything. You know, the, you know, the worst thing on trade deadline day is going into an 85-minute lecture where the professor doesn't let you check your phone. And by the way, I think that's the way it should be. Like, professor, this new age new generation way of education where you can just pull your cell phone out anytime the teacher's lecturing. I understand that it's a new world we live, but it's rude. It's rude. The professor is lecturing. The teacher is teaching. They're doing their thing. Don't just pull out your phone. Put that away. It's rude. So I'm not, I'm not pro phone in classroom. I'm just, and by the way, this is, this is why I skip class is so I can stay home and read tweets and see the trades come in. And watch Stephen A. Smith's head blow up and Tim Legler's been on television for 47 straight hours and, like, he's got this misty look in his eye because ESPN doesn't have anyone better to put on TV. Oh, it's one of my favorite days of the year. I love NBA trade deadline day. You're in the right place. We're in the right spot. We got the NBA lounge. And for those of you who aren't NBA diehards, don't worry. We got Perry Goldstein tonight as well. She's going to be here at 530. We're going to talk a little Packers. This is going to be a great show. Very excited. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had an outstanding day. Maybe you spent your day similarly to me. You're looking at Twitter. Maybe you're watching ESPN, watching the trades come in. A very active trade deadline. It normally turns out to be pretty active. We we do this all the time in sports. We convince ourselves that something isn't going to happen. Something we love to do. We saw with the Broncos. Well, no one's going to want to coach the Broncos. That's a terrible job. Sean Payton's there. It worked out. Well, no one's going to want to trade for Carson Wentz. Well, look at that. He's been traded twice. Well, Russell Westbrook, that's an untradeable con. He's been traded three times in three years. Well, this trade deadline, nobody's going to give it. Oh, really? Were you paying attention today? It's funny. One of the, the funniest things that sports fans and sports people do is we convince ourselves that things won't happen or can't happen. They normally happen. Those things normally come to pass. It's a very interesting thing that sports fans do. So a very exciting deadline today. We got a blockbuster move, a superstar with Durant. We got a big three-teamer last night with the Jazz and the Lakers and the Wolves. That's fun. And then the Bucks got their man today as well, Jake Crowder. So I want to talk about that. We're going to do that over the next 20, 30 minutes. I want to talk Badgers basketball. They got a big win last night. Gut check moment against the Nittany Lions. Gut check game, legacy game, some say. Greg Gard had last night, and it took overtime, but they got it done. They answered the bell, and Tyler Wall found himself. And we were talking about that at the very end of the show last night. I'm like, man, I really hope Tyler Wall can figure it out. I don't think it's physical. I think it's this mental block that he needs to clear. Last night, he cleared it. It was great. The difference that it made for the rest of the team was very apparent. They win in overtime, 79-74. So we'll talk about that at some point tonight as well, I'm sure. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to join the show. Let's step into the NBA Lounge. This is one of the best days of the year to step into the NBA Lounge. Every Thursday, we do so at 4 o'clock. Feel the vibes? Oh, the best vibes. 
week ago, this was looking like it was going to be a really boring trade deadline. Probably boring trade deadlines in recent memory. Like I said, we're all convincing ourselves nothing's going to happen. There was the year that Jimmy Butler was like kind of available and we thought teams might go for. Remember that? It was the Jimmy Butler year. I'm not sure if that was 2017, 2018. 2018 was the year the Cavs remade their entire roster. That was pretty fun. This deadline a week ago was looking like a kingdom for OG Ananobi. He's the prized possession. And then maybe Russell Westbrook gets moved and bought out. That was looking like that was about all that was going to happen. It's like, well, OG Ananobi will go somewhere. That'll be a good get. And Russ probably is off the Lakers. Well, a week later, Kyrie Irving is a maverick. Kevin Durant is now in Phoenix. The Nets are dead. And the Bucks, after months and months and months of talking about it, finally got their guy, Jay Crowder. Pretty fun trade deadline. I want to start with Kevin Durant. Because that's the big blockbuster move. We've gone years without a player of Durant stature getting traded, let alone at the deadline. This doesn't happen, right? If you make a list of the 10 best NBA players of all time, 15, 20 best, 16, what? pick a number. Those guys don't get traded very often. Kevin Durant's don't get moved very often. And it's another step in a really weird career arc for Kevin Durant. He's in Oklahoma City and he leaves. Okay, that makes sense. Goes to Golden State, uber successful, takes some flack. He leaves. Okay, goes to Brooklyn, teams up with it. And it just never really works. And they rotate all these guys through. They have Harden and Ben Simmons, and they never really play together as a big three. And then he is now traded to Phoenix at the deadline. You don't see stars the caliber of Kevin Durant traded, let alone traded at the deadline. Very bizarre career Kevin Durant is having. And it's funny because basketball, people want to poke fun at this trade a little bit and poke funs at the Suns just a little bit. It's like, oh, Matt Ishba owns the Suns now. New owner syndrome. Yeah, if new owner syndrome gets Kevin Durant on your team, I think it's okay. They traded for Kevin Durant, not Bradley Beal. Phoenix now has a legit big three in a conference that really, I'm not sure even has a great big two. I guess Luka and Kyrie, if Kyrie's going to play basketball. Denver has a great one. I think the two might depend on the night, right? Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray. Well, if you don't, it's number two by committee. If you don't have a true number two, then you'd, if you have multiple number twos, you don't have a one number two, right? We've had that conversation with Middleton before. We used to, at least. And the Lakers have a nice big two if LeBron and Anthony Davis, you know, can get on the same page. And if Anthony Davis actually wants to try and play basketball, Phoenix has now got to be considered the best team in the West. They fit really well together. Chris Paul can do all the leadership stuff that Kevin Durant doesn't want to do. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker can basically just be hired shooters around Chris Paul. And now DeAndre Ayton doesn't have to do that much. It works really well. So it's great for the Suns. I hate this for the Nets. I don't like the Nets. They're a rival. But as a fan of the league, as a fan of the association, I look at the Nets. I'm like, this is kind of a good roster, guys. It's kind of a fun team. I know it came together in a really clunky way, and there's been a lot of drama, and there's been a lot of ups and downs, but Curry, Harris, Patty Mills, lethal shooting. They can all bang. Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith on the wing, great wing defenders. Royce O'Neal's been brilliant this year. Nick Claxton's taken a huge jump. Cam Thomas is lighting it up. He could be your sixth man off the bench. I wanted to see what Kevin Durant could do with this roster. I wanted to see what Kevin Durant could do with this team. Yeah, they'd be underdogs to Boston. The whole East is. They'd be underdogs to Milwaukee, but Kevin Durant versus Giannis, I think the Bucks roster is a little bit better, but the Nets might be a little bit deeper, and they're younger, healthier, 
probably better odds to stay healthy. If Giannis was on that Nets team, if Luka was on that Nets team or Jokic, we'd still consider that team a contender. And instead they had to tear it all down. I don't know. I wanted to see Kevin Durant try to make a run with this team. And then if he wants to move on, move on in the offseason. This is how the Nets tore it down, by the way. Listen to this. Listen to this breakdown. The Nets traded away Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, six first-round picks, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Sam Adams tweeted that. He's a Yankees beat reporter for the Daily News. Not the beer guy, the Yankees guy. Bizarre. I wanted to see Kevin Durant give it a run. I thought they were going to give it a run because they traded Kyrie Irving for the here and now package. They got Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie who can help them now. And I guess they're just going to hold on to those guys and tank, which makes the opposite of sense. But good job, Nets. Let's talk about last night's trade. I want to talk about this deal. This is a fun one. Jazz, Wolves, Lakers, basically swapping point guards and picks. D'Angelo Russell goes back to the Lakers. Russ and a bunch of picks go to Utah. Mike Conley goes to Minnesota. I love D'Angelo Russell on the Lakers. It will be electric. It will be entertaining. It will be like Russell Westbrook, but a slightly different flavor. I can't wait to watch it. I love D'Angelo Russell. Don't want him on my team, but I love D'Angelo Russell. I'm very excited to watch that. I cannot wait. Mike Conley on the Wolves is nice. It's a nice fit. I think Mike Conley is a little bit overrated. I think he's Matthew Stafford. I think he's Bradley Beal. I think he's a guy we consider to be very good and everyone respects and likes, but he's never really played on a contending team or at least not a contending team with other mega uber superstars or not a contending team in a big market. So we don't really pay attention. We've never had the microscope on on Connolly. I just don't think he's all that, but he's a better fit than D'Angelo Russell was in Minnesota. He's going to be more of a pass first point guard, not a super pass centric point guard, but more of a pass first point guard. I like Connolly, and it's a good swap. Connolly over Russell is good for the Wolves, but the value is terrible. It's terrible. The Wolves gave up Andrew Wiggins, a one and a two for D'Angelo Russell, by the way. So we can talk about how the Nets gave up all this value by trading away superstars and didn't get much in return. The Wolves have done much of the same. I found this tweet last night, and it made me laugh because I kind of like laughing at the Wolves. This is from Jake Price who uh, I don't even know his bio. He's just a guy. This is what he tweeted. The Timberwolves effectively turned Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kamingo, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, and four first-round picks and a pick swap into, drumroll, Mike Connolly, Rudy Gobert, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and a second-round pick. That is ass. (laughs) That is is, is not, not good return on investment, Wolves. It's not good. Again, I like the Conley fit. It's probably better. I still don't like Towns. I still don't like Gobert. Anthony Edwards isn't ready, and I hate how they put together this team. It's not much has changed with the Wolves. It's going to be a little bit better with Conley, but big picture, their issues are still the same, and they still don't understand the value of their good players and their picks and their contracts, et cetera, et cetera. Let's talk about the Bucks deal. Let's talk about Jay Crowder. So Jay Crowder came to Brooklyn in the Kevin Durant deal. So he's hanging out there with Mikhail Bridges and a bunch of picks. And then the Bucks acquired him. This is a wild trade, and I'm not really 100% sure if we know the exact breakdown yet. I think the exact breakdown is 
is small potatoes for the conversations we're going to have today. The Bucks gave up five second rounders. I can't figure out if three of them stayed with Brooklyn and two went to Indiana or vice versa. The second rounders are split between Brooklyn and Indiana. Indiana gets Wara, Hill, and Serge Ibaka. I don't understand what Serge Ibaka is after. It looks like the Pacers are going to buy him out so he can choose his team. It just makes me laugh because the type of team that Serge Ibaka would theoretically like to join would be the Bucks. He could be the third big. He wouldn't have to play a lot, and he'd be on a contender. I don't understand Serge Ibaka's frustration with the Bucks, unless they were all mean to him in the locker room. He doesn't like the cold. I don't know. But if, if, if we were in a vacuum and you told me Serge Ibaka was getting bought out, I'd say he'd be the perfect backup big to Brook Lopez and Giannis. I don't get it. So good luck in your future endeavors, Serge Ibaka. George Hill getting sent to Indiana from John Horst. Classy move, sending him home to a franchise he's already played for. And people forget he went to IUPUI. For those of you who don't know, that stands for Indiana University, Purdue University at Indianapolis. I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand Serge Ibaka, but it's funny to say. It's like the adult version of being able to spell Mississippi. Remember when you were a kid and you liked to show off because you could spell Mississippi? The adult version of that is knowing what IUPUI stands for. So that's the trade. Jay Crowder on the Bucks is not a game breaker. I think the best version of him in a playoff game is scoring like 10 points. Now that 10 points would be huge, right? But he's not going to score 24 off the bench or have a double-double. Or His scoring output, his ceiling is not the ceiling of, say, Bobby Portis. But Jay Crowder could play a very important role, similar to Bobby Portis, just it would look differently, especially in a series against the Celtics. He balances out this roster and gives the Bucs some needed depth. The Bucs have plenty of guys who can defend ones and twos, right? Drew Holiday can do that. Javon Carter can do that. Wesley Matthews can do that. Pat Connaughton can do that. Grayson Allen can do that. Now, Drew and West can also play a little bit bigger. I think Drew can defend some threes. I even think he can hold his own in the paint, although that's not ideal. West can defend some threes and fours as a pesky, kind of annoying defender. Pound for pound, he's not the ideal guy, but they can get by. Middleton is 6'8", and he's really the only wing on the team that's at least competent defensively. Joe Ingles is not. He's big. Joe Ingles is 6'8", and he can throw his body around, but he's not a classic, long, good defender like Middleton is. Again, good. I'm not saying Middleton's great. Middleton's good. Jay Crowder is another body like that. He fits this prototype, and it's a prototype that the Bucks only have really one of, and that's Middleton. You saw he got hurt last year, and it was a double-edged sword because they lost his scoring and his creation, but his body type is so unique, and it's so rare, and it's, and it's in short supply on this team. So when he got hurt, they didn't only lose his offensive creation. They lost the role that he played on defense. Jay Crowder can step in and at least play that role. Jay Crowder's 6'6", six, six, and he's sturdier. He's bigger than Wes or Joe Ingles or even Middleton, right? Jay Crowder can take a beating just a little bit more than Chris Middleton can. Now, the Bucks can defend classically big teams with honest Jay Crowder. They need that Brooke Lopez matchup, especially against Joel Embiid, against teams with classic bigs who are actually going to run post-ups and, and play out of the post. The Celtics probably won't do that nearly as much. Against Boston, you can run Giannis at the five and now play Jay Crowder at the four. Couldn't do that last year. And the Bucs were a little bit undermanned. Crowder in there allows you to play Giannis at the center and not get gassed. You'd start running out of bodies playing Giannis at the five, especially with Middleton hurt. That won't be the case this year with Jay Crowder. And hopefully knocks in some threes. 
Jeremy and Scani tweets in. And he says, Grizzlies in the conference finals in 13. Put some respect on Conley's name. Sure. Sure. Again, he's playing in Memphis. He was in Memphis. Then he was in Utah. Mike Connolly, from everything you read, is like the nicest human being ever. And he's very good. But I think he has played in smaller markets. He's played on teams that have lacked star power. So we don't put the same microscope on him that we do on other players. Connolly will be fine. Minnesota's not getting by with fine. But they upgraded slightly from what they had before. Paid a big cost to do it. Again, what the Wolves did. I want to read this tweet one more time. This is bananas to me. What the Wolves have done. They turned Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, four first-round picks and a pick swap into Mike Conley, who's old, Rudy Gobert, who's who's Rudy Gobert, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's a fine player, and a second-round pick. But that's not exactly great resource allocation. It's not great investing. Dave Ramsey, Jim Cramer would not put their stamp of approval on that. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We can keep talking about the Bucks and Jay Crowder. We can talk Badgers basketball. We can talk Packers. Give me a call. 608-796-2558. You can text me as well. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All is good. Just closed up the old work week, picked up the kiddos. Got a little broom ball doubleheader tonight up at Copeland, representing the old sports nut. Oh. Headed to Florida tomorrow morning. So oh. I couldn't be better. Joe, that you yeah. have you I'm have the world in front of that. you right We're now. We're out. This you have the world at your yeah. fingertips right now. I love this for you. Yes. Oh, broom yeah, ball. Yeah, especially with the, the two kids and two kids in diapers. But uh no, yeah. Are you driving or going be a great vacation? You're driving? Me. No, we're very, very much flying. So that <laughs> okay. means I can only drink somewhere between six and ten beers tonight at Broomball and uh, minimize the damage for the travel day tomorrow. But that's how she goes, you know. That's the way she goes. No, I get it. Now, have fun, Broomball. One of yeah, my buddies. No, play, I, I, one of my buddies plays pickup hockey, and I'm like, that sounds like the yeah. most kick-ass thing ever. But I can't skate, so. Yeah, and Broomball's it's, it's a modified version on goofy shoes and whacking around. We got some boys from across the. Across the river tonight, we got our rivals from La Crescent coming over to, to shake it out. So I don't know what's going to battle for first place. But so is Aaron Aaron sitting in his uh, dark hut right now. Is he in there? Is that what's happening? I don't know if he's there yet. I I think going into a darkness retreat the day of the NBA trade deadline would be a massive waste. Let's wait to see where Kevin Durant and all these guys go, and and then maybe you can go offline for a couple of days. I hope he's waiting until after the deadline. As, um, I think he said it was in a couple of weeks. O- as an owner. Weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As an owner. No, I didn't. I didn't know too much. I was just. I was just feeling good, leaving the work week. Like I said, vacation pending, and you know, all all are welcome at Copeland Park tonight on the north side of beautiful Lacrosse to uh, to watch some broom ball tonight. You know, it's just a great place to be alive. Yeah, that's facts. I might stop up there, and then the Bucks are playing late. They got the they got the Lakers. So if I come to watch some broom ball, I could stop by a bar on the way home and then watch the game. I. Uh... You're singing my, well, you're singing our, my song. Our sponsor, our sponsor is our sponsor is the sports nut. We we'll be done there at uh, eight thirty and three pitchers at the bar after the game. So that's how she rolls. Just in time for the pregame. Well, I might just have to do that, Joe. I appreciate your call. Yep. Have a good night, Grant. Yeah. Good vacation. I envy Joe right now. 
Because there's nothing better than you finished work and you got vacation coming up, but you don't leave quite yet so you can go out and drink and then you travel the next day. Don't drink too much, though. Flying hungover with two small children in diapers sounds like a task. So take it easy tonight, Joe. Good luck in broom ball. (laughs) Bucks got Jay Crowder today. It amounted to five first-round picks, which just is objectively funny. Like, that's my analysis of that. That's funny. It's funny to trade five second-round picks. Like, here's a bunch of nickels for a dollar. It's basically what that amounts to. It's a role player. It's an extra defensive body. It gives them depth at a position and a size profile where they're very thin. It's a position and a, and a body defensively, especially that they lacked against Boston last year. So I think it really is advantageous for that matchup. He played at Marquette. It seemed like he wanted to be back in Milwaukee. So it's all good. We don't need to go meaning of life with this Jay Crowder trade. Well, what does it mean for the future? And should they re-sign him? And how all-in are they? And, and what does this mean for, for, the, for, the, for the championship window? Does it open it farther? It's a, it's a stretch piece for the run. Or it's, a, it's a, a depth piece for the stretch run. I can't speak. This isn't that deep. You know, it's, it's a simple trade. Couple second-round picks. Bring him in here. He can play defense, hit some threes. That's all it is. The thing is, we've been talking about it for six months. So Jay Crowder seems like they just landed the, the, the prettiest girl at the ball. They did not. They got Jay Crowder. Hector's in on Alaska, 608-796-2558. What's going on, Hector? I love me. Uh, it just makes life so fun for, you know, a day. And uh, You love what? I've you, been... cut, you cut out at a terrible time. You, you say you love what? I said I love a good trade deadline. Oh, me as well. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can. Can you hear me a little better now? Yep, yep. I got you. We just we missed out on. I okay. had to stop you because I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, Hector. We need to rewind and get the uh, story. <laughs> so you love a good trade deadline? Yeah, I'm down. Uh, I'm down in uh, Desoto and Victory right now. So the bluffs kind of. Uh, cut me out every now and then, but I found a good clear spot here. So oh, good. Um, what did you think? Yeah, I like the, I liked the Nets um, side of everything a hell of a lot more. I understand the big thing about you know Kevin Durant, and yes, I understand he's got his two championships. However, I think they have an asterisk on him because he joined a super team when they were already winning. So I don't, I give him. 42% of a championship ring for each of those. Um, and I kind of, I was surprised at how much I got for him because I was reading the list and it just kept going and going and going. And then the Suns get Mr. Bubble MVP and oh. Kevin Durant. T.J. Warren did did absolutely nothing in his career other than go off in the bubble. Oh, I thought you I thought you meant Devin Booker. No, I mean T.J. Warren could be nice oh, if no, he's no. healthy. He hasn't played basketball in like a million days. The net look, but this is the thing with the yeah. This is the thing that I don't like the most about it. The Suns are one superstar injury away from being nobody because going into the playoffs last season they lost Chris Paul and they were they they didn't have the other star there yeah. with Devin Booker. Now you'll have another star, but you don't have any role players to come off the bench and keep your team fresh. And the, you, as you know, the playoffs get long. And a lot of teams last season had an injury or two, and it just ruined everything. And the Suns giving away all their depth, I think, was really, really dumb. I like that the 
the two teams I follow, the Clippers and the Bucks, they made small little trades, nothing too crazy, nothing too big, but they kept the important bench. And that, in today's NBA, with how fast-paced everything is and you know how quickly an injury changes the team, I think that those teams that did that this season were the smart ones and the ones that emptied everything. Kind of, kind of silly, if you ask me. I think the Clippers had a dumb trade deadline. Can I tell you why? Please do. They You're already, not the first person to say that. They to have too many guys. They had Norman Powell, and they had Robert Covington, and they had Luke Kennard, and it's just like you have too many guys. And then today they're like, let's get Eric Gordon and Bones Highland. Like, they have too many guys. They're, right. they're shuffling yeah, the, the but small they, little... They sent Kennard away. Yeah. Okay. Kennard got traded. Um, John Wall got traded. And... Those guys were just sitting on the bench taking up guard positions, and they were they like they weren't getting very many minutes. Um, uh, Kennard, I'm a big fan of um, for the same reason uh, Grayson Allen uh, being a Duke fan, but like I don't, I don't. They were contributing very much, so they brought in guys that you know were younger and maybe could contribute in the playoffs. When, like I said before. Depth is needed, and the Clippers always run out of steam in the playoffs because we can't keep a healthy roster. It's a huge curse. I am okay with what they did. I'm not like, and simply because they didn't lose any big pieces. We still have our core together, and they picked up a couple of people that I think are decent. I think what more so what I am mean by it is they didn't thing stupid by giving too much kind of a thing like some teams did which i feel the suns did sure so, I, mean, I just feel like the Clippers think, can never stay healthy but it's Kawhi leonard and paul george that can never stay healthy right but before them it was chris paul and blake griffin and you know every single year we have somebody that when we get to the playoffs we're bound to have one or two stars that are gone and that's how it's been every single year that i've been a clippers fan so the fact that they added more, eight, like now they got a bench full of players that are like rated eighty to eighty six in NBA two K instead of seventy eight to eighty two. All right, like I, th- I guess this is my point, Hector. I'm going to let you go. Drive safe. Have a good night. I appreciate the call and I like the deadline talk. I, I just don't know if slightly improving your bench pieces is going to get you anywhere that you haven't gone. Like, the Clippers' issue is that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have either not been healthy or they haven't shown up in the playoffs. I don't know if it's because their role players haven't been any good. They have Nick Batum, Robert Covington, Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris, Norman Powell. They have so many guys. Not all of them can play. So there's going to be three guys who are just perpetually on the bench thinking, screw this, I should be out there. It's just not a good mix. The Hawks had the same issue. The Clippers have had the same issue. You can keep getting depth. You can be the deepest team in the league. It's not going to get you anywhere in the playoffs if Kawhi and Paul George either poop down their leg or get hurt. And for the last four years, they've been doing both. 608-796-2558. We can keep talking deadline. If you want to talk Badgers hoops, we can do that as well. We're going to get to Packers at some point. Perry Goldstein's going to be here at 530. Very excited to talk to her from Packs What She Said podcast. Wisco Sports Show, back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Perry Goldstein from Packs What She Said. 
coming up in an hour. Excited to talk to her about how the Packers season shaped up and what comes next. I don't think we're going to get deep into the Rodgers stuff. I think we're going to try to talk about some other things. So she's coming up at 530. Been talking trade deadline. Badgers basketball, big win last night. Gut check win. A nice moment for Tyler Wall, who seems like he may have gotten back on track, put things back in the right places last night, got whatever mental hurdle was bothering him, whatever mental issue he was having, because I don't think it was physical. You know, Dave from Monona said the other day that his ankle must be bothering him. And I don't think it was that. I think he came back and was out of rhythm, and the expectations were high, and the pressure was high, and he got in his head a little bit. And last night, he was outstanding. Uh, and a big reason why the Badgers were able to win in overtime and keep their season on life support. Season's not dead. It's in a tough spot, but it's not dead thanks to that win last night. Bucks acquired Jay Crowder. And I guess my heart is just with the Milwaukee Brewers today because I can only imagine how confused they are. Rick Schlesinger and Matt Arnold and Mark Atanasio are all hanging out in the suite at American Family Field today watching ESPN, the trade deadline. They're eating popcorn. And they're like, wait, so the Bucks, they traded for a good player? Wait, 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 wait. How, do, how does this work? So the Bucks are contending. Yeah. It's trade deadline day. They traded away one of their best players. No, no. They they traded for a good player? Huh. Let me hold on. <laughs> Let me get my notebook. I gotta write this down. This is this is cutting edge. Maybe we can employ this this season. So you mean to tell me so so the Bucks had lots of good players. They're trying to contend, so they traded away one to build for the future? No, no. Oh, they acquired a good... All right, this is good team-building strategy. We're learning here. Brewers, yeah. File that one away. Make a good mental note of how the Bucks handled the deadline today. Good learning experience. Bucks adding Jay Crowder. Five-second rounders. They're split between Indiana and Brooklyn. Wara, Hill, Serge Ibaka all go to the Pacers. I guess the Pacers are buying Serge Ibaka out and allowing him to see... Why doesn't Serge Ibaka just retire? I don't understand why he wanted out of Milwaukee so bad. He he didn't like being here for personal reasons, wasn't happy with his role. My man, you're a million years old. Do you, do you want to start somewhere? Is that what you're after? Is that what you're looking for? Milwaukee should have theoretically been the perfect spot for him. He's the third big behind Giannis, behind Brooke Lopez, can come in and... Not just garbage time situations, but when guys are being rested, when guys are being managed. We're not going to ask you to do too much, Surge, but you get to be in a contending locker room. Well, you don't like it being cold outside? Is that it? You don't like Milwaukee? Okay. Kind of a dumb reason to demand your way out of a place, but I feel like Milwaukee would be the perfect situation for Serge Ibaka. And the Bucks were the team that got rid of him. I don't know. It's very, it's very bizarre to me. But George Hill goes home to the Pacers, where he played for a while. Also... Back in his old stomping grounds where he went to school at IUPUI. That's Indiana University, Purdue University of Indianapolis. I love bringing up that fun fact. And Jordan Wara. Because I guess you needed to attach multiple second round picks to Jordan Wara to get rid of him. I wonder how hard the Bucks were trying this week. Hey, Jordan Wara, man. He can heat it up. He can warm it up. He can get it going. It's like, you know we own TVs, right, John Horst? We do watch your games. This Jordan Wara guy is not good. He is not good. So we're going to need some seconds. It was the day of second-round picks being on the move. I want a final count of how many second-round picks were traded at this deadline. I'm going to look up John Hollinger 
he would be the type to tweet this out. Someone had to be keeping a running tally of exactly how many second round picks. The Warriors traded five away. Then the so many second all over the Pellies. Eric named two hours ago per league source. Here are the five second round picks. The Bucks will contribute to the three team deal with the Pacers and Nets. They're 2023 second, the more favorable of the two they own. I guess they own two next year. Okay. The 2024 Bucks second, 2025 Pacers second, 2028 Bucks second, 2029 Bucks second. They're trading second round picks all the way out to 2029. It's bizarre. It's loose change of draft capital. Let's talk to FedEx Fred, 608 796 2558. What's up, Fred? Hey, Grant. Uh, just one one concern with the Bucks trade. Yep. Crowder hasn't played for three or four months. Yes. Is he going to be ready to go? I mean, maybe not tonight. Maybe not by the end of the week. I actually think it bodes pretty well that he hasn't played all year because I think he'll be fresh. He'll be ready to go, and he'll have a lot of energy to defend and play hard in the playoffs. I like that. Not a lot of fatigue, no nagging injuries, nothing like that. He's a veteran. So I think, yeah, he'll take some time to ramp up. It won't happen right away, but I don't think it'll be a problem. And then also I have a question about Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Why does he do what he does, Grant? <laughs> you're, asking, does, you're asking the billion-dollar question. Does Does anybody really need to know that he's going to go sit in a dark room for 96 hours? I mean, look, go look at the numbers. Go look at the numbers of when he's on the McAfee show. So many people watch. So many people watch. So, yeah, I think people do care. People listen. People pay attention. Do they they watch because they want to see what stupid thing he's going to say? Maybe. Or do they... Or do they watch because they're truly interested in what Aaron Rodgers is going to do? At this point, I, 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 have, I have a foot in both camps. I'm, I'm both. <laughs> I do both. <laughs> for being honest, I watch for both of those reasons. I'm not gonna lie. I watch for, I watch for both. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just one of those things though, where it's like every time he's on there, you're always like, oh man, it feels like he's holding the Packers hostage because he never gives an honest answer about anything. And you're just like, oh, oh, he's going to go sit in a dark room now. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, he explained and a little bit. Also- he's, he's had some friends who've done it. You know, you've, I'm sure one of us, Fred, at some point in our life, a friend recommended something to us, a movie. Uh, you got to go check out this restaurant. Well, when you're rich and famous, movies and restaurants, it's not enough. You got to try cooler things. It's pretty cool. I will say it is cool. There's no there's no chance in H-E double hockey, hockey sticks that I would ever try that. I think I'd go nuts after the first six hours of that. But do you not meditate, you know, Fred? Their own. I do not. I do not meditate. <laughs> Maybe I'll try to meditate am, some this weekend. My my Saturday is free, Fred. But okay, so between you and me, a little little get to know you time here. My girlfriend lives in Milwaukee. That's where she works. So we see each other on weekends. And I haven't had a weekend where either she hasn't been here, or I haven't been there. There's nothing going on. I got a weekend all by myself on Saturday, and I think I'm going to go fishing. I think I'm going to go down to Viroqua, somewhere between here and Madison, somewhere find a nice creek, and maybe I will challenge myself to sit down for a half hour and close my eyes and just sit in silence. We'll see how long I can do it. I might do that while watching the waste management tour. <laughs> yeah, that's the perfect activity to do that too. That's that's just my that's called napping. That's what I do when I watch a lot of golf. <laughs> I call it resting my eyes while listening to television. Resting my eyes, listening to television. That's what golf is for. 
Well, if only there was some golf in this dark retreat, Fred. I'm going to let you go and move on, Fred. Yes. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, have a good night. That's our friend, FedEx Fred. I got a tweet here from Rory. said, what do you mean at Wisco Grant? The Bucks traded away a star player in Grant Hill since you said earlier in the season how much Coach Bud loves to play him. Plus, don't forget what happened the last time Hill wasn't a Buck. Hint, it ended with a ring. Um, I'm assuming you mean George Hill, and that's fine. He's not a star player. Bud does love to play him. Not not so much recently. I think a month or two ago, there was a lot of George Hill. They've been getting healthier, right? Joe Ingles is playing more. Chris Middleton is playing more. Drew Holiday's been available more readily and more steadily. So I think George Hill's minutes have gone down. I could go look at his game log. Just eye test it. We've seen less of George Hill on our TV. And yeah, it is kind of funny. They acquired George Hill to trade him away. <laughs> that seems to be his role with this team. I, hope, I, I think George Hill by now knows to rent in Milwaukee and not to own, especially in this market. Can you believe it? Ah, mortgages and APRs, I tell you. Housing, 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 housing. I know nothing. 608-796-2558. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant. You can text and call the show. Let's come back. We'll talk about Badgers basketball for a couple of minutes, and we kind of reset the show at 5 o'clock, talk about some of these NBA trades again. And again, Perry Goldstein going to join us in less than an hour. Very excited to talk to her. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. You know, we've talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers this week. We're talking some hoops tonight, Badger Basketball 1, NBA trade deadline today. One of my favorite sports days of the year. You know who we haven't talked about? No one talks about Brett Favre. Is anybody going to talk about Brett Favre? Everyone knows Brett Favre stinks and did some seedy things. No one's denying that. I just saw a headline. This is an awful announcing five minutes ago. Brett Favre is suing Pat McAfee and Shannon Sharp over defamation claims. Uh, I got to read about this. Ryan Glass-Spiegel of the New York Post reported the news of the lawsuits on Thursday. Inbox, Brett Favre filed defamation lawsuits against Pat McAfee, Shannon Sharp, and Mississippi State Auditor Shad White. Favre has denied knowledge that misspent welfare funds come from where they did. Interesting. Scrolling. According to the Mississippi Today, Favre's argument against White, in particular, was that he did this to advance his own career. Shad White, the state auditor of Mississippi, has carried out an outrageous media campaign of malicious and false accusations against Brett Favre, the Hall of Fame quarterback and native son of Mississippi, in a brazen attempt to leverage the media attention generated by Favre's celebrity to further his own political career, reads Favre's complaint filed in Hines County Circuit Court on February 9th. Wow. Yeah, we could just let Favre go away quietly and let that end up however it's going to end up. That's suing Pat McAfee for defamation. I didn't know you could sue a radio host. Let me write that down and remember that. Vagabond John, 608-796-2558. What's up, John? Oh, man, Grant. I am uh, pretty out of breath. Oh? Uh, I tell you what. I learned something today. Ben Kenny has terrible football predictions, right? He and Zach had a brutal year picking Big Ten football matchups. Sure. His snow total predictions might be worse. Zach or Ben? 
I don't know if you were Ben. I don't know if you were uh, listening at all to the morning show this morning, but uh, you know he was he was great for about how could school possibly be canceled? And I'm out here shoveling like a solid eight inches of slush. So you know, I you heard know you how were much snow basketball we got in lacrosse. By the way, before we get to Badger basketball, you know how much snow we got in lacrosse today. Uh, based on your tone, none. I didn't see a single flake. It's 45 degrees today. I didn't wear a coat. I love it here. We have a, such a temperate climate well, compared to you guys in the big city. You know, weather might be as difficult to predict uh, as this Badger basketball team. Great segue. That for a segue? Great segue. Listen, they don't pay me the big bucks for nothing. I don't, I don't know where I'm at. I mean, I know I've been vocal all year long uh, after I got off my Joe Barry hype train. I've been kind of in a weird spot with this Badger basketball team, but I feel like I probably represent uh, a significant chunk of the of the of the crowd here. When I say, you know, what the heck, right? How does Jordan Davis go from playing 20 minutes against I forgot who it was? It wasn't a good team. They really haven't played some of the best teams in the conference much. Haven't played Purdue yet. Haven't played Michigan. How does he go from playing 22 minutes and not recording a single stat to, oh, I'm going to put up eight points, five boards, a couple of assists, and by the way, two steals? Yep. I just, the inconsistency of this team is kind of why I don't really care at this point. I, uh, you know, I'm pretty much ready to move on from Greg because what I saw yesterday is. All of these bench players, we've been harping. Here's the thing. We, as sports commentators and people interested in hearing about sports commentators, we don't know what to say anymore because my problem with this team is each individual player is actually flashing pretty high-level talent, ah. right? We saw Chucky Hepburn dunk over a guy, and then next week you hear about, well, he's small and slow. I'm like, when, when did 6'3 become small for a college point guard? That's one question. So I feel like we've tried to really twist ourselves into different narratives with the team all season long. Well, they just don't have a lot of talent. Well, they got two, you know, top 150 recruits that haven't even touched the floor yet. Those kids obviously had high ratings for a reason. So maybe these starters are talented and maybe they're just not consistent. And we haven't seen a single game where they've all peaked together. And I think that's why. I'm getting more and more off of the Greg Gard train where it's like, you know what? A coach's job is to get the best out of their players consistently. That's my job as a sales manager. If my reps are not producing well and they're not giving it their all, upper management looks at me, yeah. right? And, and to me, to see Jordan Davis go from not putting up a single stat in 20 minutes of playing time to putting up incredible stats, it can't just be the opponent. All of these teams are good. So what is it? And that, to me, is coaching. That's my rant. How, how was it? So, I agree with you. I just, I don't know if Jordan Davis, Kamari McGee, Carter Gilmore, I don't know if some of these guys, I think they can flash, they can have nice moments, but the reason that they're fine players and not good players or not great players is you can't expect it every night, right? Like, there's plenty of guys <clears throat> in pro sports who all of a sudden can go off for an insane game, and you're like, where did this come from? And then they won't do anything for another two months, right? And that's what separates a player like that from an all-star or an all-pro. But then again, the coach is also responsible for recruiting the players. So if the players aren't good enough and they don't have any talent, right, it all comes back to Garden in one way or another. I don't know. I think last night Tyler Wall was Tyler Wall again. 
moving forward, if we can just count on that, I think this team looks a little bit different. So I, I want to see a couple more games of they, Tyler Wall being Tyler Wall. They, confer, they converted buckets, right? I mean, they yeah. converted within the paint, and I think that was the biggest thing. But And I don't expect uh, Jordan Davis to put up last night's performances every time, but that kind of showed me where his peak is at. But I go back to my original point, and I'm like, how do you – I'm not asking for five rebounds every night, but how do you how do you play 20 minutes Nothing. at his size and his position and not get a single rebound? Yeah. We've had we've had Stephen Crowell have games. He's the only seven foot top uh, player on the team. We've had you know he's played games where he's had more turnovers than rebounds. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, but that's where I'm at today. I'm confused. I'm shoveling. I'm a little ornery, but. Uh, <laughs> Last night's game somehow made me more angry because I saw flashes of every single player continuing to ride the Connor hype train, excited for the Gus Plus. We just got to keep everybody here, and I think they actually might have a good team next year. Let's do it. Vagabond John, I appreciate the call. I got to run. Good luck shoveling. Yes, sir. Vagabond John. Excellent Badger basketball takes. We'll talk more hoops, trade deadline, and Perry Goldstein coming up, hour number two. is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I love Vagabond John's take that a win somehow made him feel even worse about the Badger basketball team last night. Hey, that's sports. That's what we do in sports. We're usually not happy, even when things go well. Being angry after a loss, that's the last three years of Packers football. That's the last three years of Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense. Barely hold on to beat some crummy Pittsburgh Steelers team. Barely holding on, beating Kyle Allen and the Panthers by two points at home in the snow. Yeah, that's a core memory you forgot that you had. Yep, that's back there. Took a goal line stand to win that game. Yeah, sometimes when our teams win, it frustrates us. Now, I did not walk away from that game last night thinking that I was frustrated, thinking that I was angry. I walked away from last night's game thinking Tyler Wall might be back. And if he's back and the best version of himself, that changes the calculus a little bit for this Badgers basketball team. Makes me feel a little bit better. I don't know if it'll be enough because those two Northwestern losses kill you. But the Badgers were in a better spot today knowing that Tyler Wall might be Tyler Wall again. That's probably the biggest takeaway from last night. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you've had an outstanding, outstanding day. Trade deadline day, which is one of my favorite sports days of the year. Badgers Hoops won last night, so we have that to talk about. The Bucks added Jay Crowder. Kevin Durant is a member of the Phoenix Suns. D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers. Mike Conley to the Wolves. Russell Westbrook to Utah. And then, who knows? He's going to get bought out. Maybe the Bucks can find a buyout guy now. I'm really hoping that the Nets buy out Seth Curry as a favor to him because he's gotten he's gotten jobbed. He was in Philly and had this great thing going with Joel Embiid, and then he got included in the Ben Simmons deal up to the Nets, and then he got hurt, and then Kyrie left, and then Kevin Durant left, and there's Seth Curry. So I'm hoping that the Nets are like, Seth, we're so sorry about how all this turned out. We're going to buy you out. This is the last year on your deal anyways. Go join a contender, and then he joins the Bucks. That's the dream. 
That's the dream. But we can pay attention to the buyout market now and maybe what comes next for the Bucks. But they got the man. Jay Crowder only took five second round picks to do so. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text the show. And you can find me on Twitter as well, at Wisco Grant. Big Badgers win. Let's talk about that for a couple of minutes. We've been doing all trade deadline stuff. We talked a little Aaron Rodgers. I'm so happy for Tyler Wall today because his season has, I don't know, it's been a very wonky path for him. I, I, I feel for him because team gets off to a great start. They're playing well. They're winning close games. Tyler Wall's executing, and then he gets hurt, and the team goes in the tank. Right, So all eyes are on this team that now all of a sudden can't win a game. Tyler Wall comes back, and he's just expected to fix everything. Make it all right. Oh, Tyler Wall's back. They'll be fine. But back to the the team that we saw watch, you know, start at 11 and 2. They're going to be go, going back to that team now that Tyler Wall's back. And that's a lot to put on a guy who's coming back from a nasty ankle sprain. That's a lot to put on a student athlete. We forget these are student athletes. And it really came to a head on Sunday against Northwestern. He was lost. He didn't know what to do. Passes out of bounds. He was trying to teams he was tentative around the ring at the rim missing shots that he should absolutely make can't hit free throws he was not physically limited I don't think it was his ankle that was bothering him I think it was mental and I think last night he cleared that mental hurdle and I hope that he doesn't look back he scored he distributed he is the hub of their offense right Chucky Hepburn might bring the ball up the floor he might be their point guard but the hub of their offense is Tyler Wall it is a think of FedEx right FedEx has a hub network hub and spoke they got their hub in Memphis, and then it goes out to other hubs. We have a couple FedEx folks who call the show. That's how FedEx is set up. I grew up in a FedEx house, right? So everything starts at the hub and then branches off from there. Tyler Wall is the hub, right? Everything in this offense goes through him, even if it doesn't start with him or end with him. He is the hub, and last night he was doing hub things. He was scoring, yes, but he was facilitating. The ball didn't stick with him. He wasn't forcing anything. Tyler Wall was really good last night, and I hope that that mental hurdle has been cleared and he doesn't look back and he keeps playing like this. Because if he does, he might just be able to win enough games in the Big Ten. I know, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I don't want to quit on this team. Let's talk to Cone Roller, 608-796-2558. What's up, Cone? What's up, Grant? Just buzzing after that overtime win yeah. last night at Penn State. You know, these Big Ten road games, you, like you said, easy to lose. Yeah. And they they hung on. They won second in a row. Let's get some momentum. I've been saying this all year. This is the time of year where Greg Gard's teams get hot. They go on a run. If I'm Purdue, I'm already scared of the Badgers coming up. <laughs> and I'm I'm pumped for that Michigan game too. Juwan Howard, let's let's get that clown. I want to, I want them to beat Michigan so bad. That might be that I might care I more about that game than I care about spot. making the tournament in a weird way. Like, I, I might care more about that game. I want to win that game so bad. Yeah, that's going to be oh, that's gonna be one of the best regular season games in a while, probably since that Purdue game last year. Oh, Johnny Davis. I hope. Purdue. I hope. God, that was awesome. Well, Tyler Wall, it seems like he put it all together. I mean, I, I, I felt for him the last couple games because he looked lost. He mentally wasn't in a good spot. Hopefully last night was the sign of him really starting to kind of put it together and, and becoming the player that he actually is. Yep, absolutely. Hopefully it's just, you know, he was getting the cobwebs off, which is a little concerning. It still took him that long to get back. But this is the Badgers. They have a tiny, tiny, minuscule margin for victory. 
or margin of error. I like it. That I margin of victory. I like that. That's a positive way to think about that. There we go. Yeah. Half half uh, full glass right now. Yeah. Did, did you see? Uh, they burned it. Did you hear that Vagabond John was coming for your guy, Greg Gard? He's, he's way. He's, he's teetering right now. You know, Vagabond John's a really good caller, great Badger insight. Um, you know, that's his opinion. I, I give him credit, but I, he's not on the full fire guard train, at least. That's true. And those people are, are the clowns. <laughs> I, I get that. concerned. I mean, there definitely is concern. Uh, the depth is a concern. The, the talent he's bringing in is a concern. Lack of in-state recruiting is a concern, but I don't think we can be on the fire train at this point. Yeah, that's very fair. I believe this is the first time we've talked this week, Cone. Do you have a statement on the dark retreat from Aaron Rodgers? Maybe you were on a dark retreat. Is that why we couldn't reach you or hear from you this week? Yep, I took Monday through today off and just, you know, actually flew to Atlanta where there's the darkest room in the continental United States. Oh, word. So just submerged submerged down there. And, yeah, I had a good week. Caught the trip one day early. I was supposed to go full four days, but... Heard Kevin Durant was coming out to Phoenix, so you know I had to jump on a jet, change some plans, and come back and get the get the word on the street. Yeah, so you were in you were in Atlanta for work because I, I saw you on the Bart Winkler trade deadline special today that I was killing time with. I was a part of that when I was at work. You were flying back to Phoenix where you reside. Was Kevin Durant actually on your plane? Uh, full no, he was not. But <laughs> was he at the airport? I you know. He was at the airport. You know, I walked down out of baggage claim in Phoenix, and there's a, all the limo drivers lined up. I mean, there's a J. Elway, there's a K. Durant, and even a G. Coleman. Gary freaking Coleman is down here getting a limo. Were there actual limo? That's kind of sick. That's pretty dope. You should have waited to say hi to him. Maybe get some scoops for the show. Yeah, yeah, I was in a rush, you know. It was, it was a four-and-a-half-hour flight. I was ready to get home and get out off my feet for a little bit yeah, you're before I go full boots on the ground tonight. You're a, you're a professional. You don't want to, you don't want to bother a guy like Kevin Durant. Well, I get it. Well, I was hoping we'd hear from you to talk Badgers hoops today. I appreciate it. And we got some Greg, Greg guard love. It's a tough day to be in the fire guard crowd. That's all I got to say. Most days it is pretty much every day, honestly. <laughs> thanks Cone. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks Grant. Love you. Bye. Cone roller. Love you Cone. Appreciate the call. 608-796-2558. Oh, Vagabond John. I thought he was going to talk some smack. I kind of opened the door. I was like, eh, can we get a feud? No. We get the we get the Dave from Monona and Cone Roller feud. Sweet baby corn, as Dave calls him. Yeah, the Badgers look like a much better version of themselves last night. The one thing that they keep doing, they got to stop. They got to stop giving up runs in the second half to the other team. Because they had a lead. A nice chunk of time to go. Like The Badgers will get like a seven-point lead with six, five minutes to go, and then their offense will just shut off. Right? They were up seven with eight minutes left last night, and they proceeded to give up a 13-3 to run over the next four minutes or so. We can't be doing that. It's killed them in a couple of games. That really smoked them at home uh, against Illinois a couple Saturdays ago. Like, the offense just shut off completely. I don't know. It can be a little day and night with this offense sometimes. On switch, off switch. Need to balance it out just a little bit more. Vagabond John. Follow-up text. Is while playing at 70% health, source his sister, an elementary school teacher in the Minneapolis Burbs. Were you in Minneapolis, Vagabond John? You're, I guess your nickname is Vagabond. I know you're at Epcot. 
you're out east, you're all over the place. Uh, I got a text here from Jason on Tainer Lake. He says, hey, Grant, nice to see Wall play his game last night. If Chucky would learn to finish around the rim, he'd be a really tough player to guard. Yeah, I, I kind of was hoping Chucky would have a little bit little bit more of a complete game this year. Leaving a little bit to be desired on offense. He'll hit some tough shots, and like he had some nice plays last night. Don't get me wrong, but I was hoping for, I guess, just, just a little bit. I don't know, a little bit more polish, a little bit. And he's a sophomore. We asked so much of him. He's so young. And these are student athletes, after all. They're just kids. But I was hoping this year, knowing that need a little bit more from him with Johnny Davis leaving and, and Chris Vogt leaving the program. Like, they needed a little bit more. And they've gotten it in moments, but it, it hasn't been it hasn't been efficient. I need What I need from Chucky Hepburn is something that I can go back to game after game after game. Moves that are always going to be there. Shots that are always going to be there. I don't want to have to live and die off Damian Lillard type pull-up three-point shots. I don't want that. Mike from Chippewa Falls says, Gary Coleman died in 2010. I don't think that's true. If he saw a G. Coleman sign, I man, I, I don't know how that could be true. Thank you, thank you, Mike, from the text. Justin tweets in, says, I don't want GG fired, and I'm rooting for the Badgers. But... When are we jacked about beating Penn State in overtime? Things aren't great. Yeah, I gotcha. All right. I wouldn't say we're jacked today. Well, Cone was, but Cone's a big booster. So Cone's got money on the line. He's a UW alum. I'm not an alum. I'm not a booster like Cone. I wouldn't say I'm jacked up. I'm very happy for Tyler Wall because he was going through it, and I felt for him a little bit the last couple of games. Don't get me wrong. I was very frustrated. Make your free throws. Grow up. And he made his free throws last night. Finished around the rim. Did all the things. Let's talk to Big Joe, 608-796-2558. What's up, Big Joe? Grant Bills, how are you living, kid? I'm living good. It's been a while, Big Joe. What's new? It has been a while, buddy. Sorry, I've been really busy with work and oh, hanging out with some friends again and just got done shoveling snow, so I'm enjoying an ice-cold PBR talking to you. Oh, you and Vagabond John are both getting it done. I like to hear you guys getting it out, cleaning your sidewalk, cleaning your driveway. Good, good man. Absolutely. Hey, no one regards to this cold weather, too. I tweeted at you. You remember what Serrano told Dorn? Hats for bats. Keep bats warm. Did you even need a hat or glove? It's so warm today. Is it that much colder in Madison and Milwaukee? I hear there's snow. It's Honestly, a beautiful I day. Mean, I could go to the beach here in La Crosse. My shift, granted, my job every day is 6 3 to 3. When I went in this morning, it was raining. Then it switched over to snow. I mean, it was hot. It was. Uh, heavy and wet snow. I mean, I had it done though in like an hour, and it was pretty cool. But I mean, honestly, my car at one point it said it was like 34 degrees, so it doesn't even feel that bad at all. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Well, good. What do you think of the trade deadline, Badgers basketball? What do you want to talk about, Big Joe? Uh, the trade deadline, Grant. I I tell you what, I'll start with the Bucks and I'll end with the Suns. So with the Bucks, yes. getting Jay Crowder and all you had to give up was five second round picks. Love the move because you'll agree with me. Uh-huh. Not many second-round picks in the NBA. They don't really ever pan out. I mean, the last one that I could honestly remember that was a notable second-round pick that paid out, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, well, and it's it's not that second-round picks don't have value and they never turn in anything, but for a team like the Bucks, whose window is right here right now, I- I'm not I'm not letting five first or five second-round picks versus four like be the hanging point to getting a, a player that can really help. Right. I mean, I. I tell you what, the Nets, it, I mean, with them selling off everybody, I mean, they've waved the white flag. I mean, I, I'm i surprised they didn't treat Ben Simmons today, but I tell you what, Grant, the Phoenix Suns, I told you I was going to end with this. They look scary good on paper, man, but I I don't know. I still think the West is tough. I think the, 
I think the Nuggets are going to give him a good series. Because I tell you what, Jokic is for real. He's that good, too. Yeah, dude, I love Jokic. The Nuggets have got to be bummed I today. I love the Jokic, kinda, He's like, awesome. They've just been the steady Eddie, this great team all year. And then all of a sudden there's an arms race in the West. Like D'Angelo Russell is on the Lakers, and the Suns are now going all of a sudden. A lot of the reports that I'm reading, you probably have heard the same thing too. If Utah buys out Russell Westbrook, it sounds like he's going to end up in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, when he was in his prime, don't get me wrong, I like Russell Westbrook, and I was listening to the four-letter network at one time. Oh, and it was the HGTV? local four-letter <laughs> No, it was the local four-letter network, though, and it was a guy out of Milwaukee. And he said at one time, Grant, he wanted to trade – Russell Westbrook, who was in his prime, averaging, you know, triple-doubles every night, he wanted to treat him for Giannis. And I go, are you nuts? Because at the time, yeah, I would have loved to have had Westbrook, you know, balling out, getting a triple-double every night. But I'm like, the window for that is only going to be like two or three years. And I'll look at Westbrook. He's kind of a bum, and he's not what he used to be. Yeah, I just, his attitude, his personality, I don't know. I'm not trying to be anti-Westbrook because that whole situation I'm kind of thinking, let me ask you this. Do you think Westbrook's a cancer to any team that he goes to? No. Also, I don't love using that word, but I, no. No, I know, and it, they say it, though. I mean, I, I shouldn't either. I just had a friend. No, no, no. I didn't mean to put you on blast that. like that, Big Joe. No, I no, I know. I'm interested because the Lakers, or not the Lakers, but the Clippers, I guess, were already recruiting him. Paul George is like, I want to play with Westbrook. You got to come here. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think the Lakers situation was so toxic for him because they just blamed him for everything. Anthony Davis has been quitting during games, and yet Russell Westbrook I, gets blamed for it. That's sad, too, because at one point, AD was one of my favorite players in the league, and I'm hearing all this, and I'm just like, dude, I've kind of lost some respect for you for that. Yeah, that was, um, was a tough look. I tell you what, Green, I'm going to the Bucks game on the 26th, Bucks versus Suns. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a good matchup. Yeah, I am... Uh... You texted me about that the other day. Bucks Suns with Kevin Durant is going to be lit. What if we get a Bucks Suns rematch in the finals? I'd be down for that. That'd be cool. I would too. And you want to know what my serious prediction for that one is, Grant? Bucks and six. Bucks and six. Well, yeah, I'll leave you on that. <laughs> Bucks and six. Thanks, Big Joe. It was nice to hear from you. Appreciate the call. 608 796 Let's take a break. We'll uh, cross any other basketball related items off our list. And then Perry Goldstein, Packs What She Said podcast, going to join us at 5 30. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Perry Goldstein from the Packs What She Said podcast coming up in about 10 minutes. It's been a while since she's been on. Excited to talk Packers. Off season. Probably not do too much Aaron Rodgers stuff. Talk about the other things. We've done enough Aaron Rodgers this week. Bucks acquired Jay Crowder today. Kevin Durant is now in Phoenix. And the Badgers get a big win, and Tyler Wall looks good again. What a 24 hours it's been. It's been great. Mike and Eau Claire's here, 608-796-2558. What's going on, Mike? Hey, Grant. You know, I was listening about the trade, and I'm, I'm happy about Crowder. I think he's going to be a really good addition. I like that his defense. He can put a three, you know, he gets hot at three-pointers. He'll be a good piece going down the stretch. I like this move. And I was thinking, you know, about when I was a kid, I loved, I listened to basketball. I watched on Sundays, the NBA today. It was great. And we had this wonderful big men, you know, we had like, we had like uh, Bill Russell. We had like the, the, the chief uh, from the, the, I can't remember his name all of a sudden, 
I saw about a little while ago, Robert Parrish oh, yeah. from the Celtics. These guys were quality, big centers, and they were good people. Yeah, I mean, Bill Russell was a little bit of a hippie. Not Bill Russell, excuse me. Bill, uh, Bill Walton, Walton yeah. was a little bit of a hippie, but he came out and he, he finished up strong. I mean, these guys now like like the brow. Look at the brow. He barely goes out and gives them the effort. If he gave the effort that some of these other guys give the effort, he'd dominate the league. Well, Same way gets, with Durant. I don't like Anthony Davis gets pushed around a little bit. Anthony Davis, like when he decides to play great, like in November, he was he was unbelievable. Like a month or two ago, he looked like the MVP, looked like the best player in the league. And DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix, like uh, this was within yeah. the last week or so, he had a good game and basically sent his post game press conference. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sick of people like calling me soft. It's like, hey man, feel free to play like this all the time. Like you can right. you can try hard and be physical all the time. I'm with you. Centers these days are a little but, hit and miss. But they're like I think they're head cases because they're you know, they know they're gonna be big when they're young. They're they're like they're they're like toted and they're taken care of and coddled all the way up in the league and they don't have that I'm gonna fight kind of personality, you know, they just don't do that. Yeah, like they know. should, like they should get in there and just try so hard. Man, I wish I'd have been gifted with a seven foot frame. You know, if I would have been seven foot, really talented, I'd been a hell of a basketball player. Damn right, I, I yeah. Wasn't, so. Yeah, I bet you would have, Mike. <laughs> and I just want to go really back, really quick back to Aaron Rodgers. I got some yeah. stuff here I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Go ahead. You know, I worked in ophthalmology for a while. I think if you're in total darkness for a time, it hurts your eyes. But I, I don't know how long it is. But I know if you're in total darkness for, for a longer time, it will actually hurt your eyes. It does something about the, the uh, optic nerve. Now, I know that Aaron Rodgers is not going to play for the San Francisco 49ers, and here's how I know. Mm-hmm. When he was at Community College, Butte Community College, he wore number four. When he went to Cal, he wore number eight. Okay. He came to the Packers, and you can see the pattern. Now he's number 12. So if he moves again, he's going to have to go to number 16. Mm-hmm. And he can't wear number 16 and play for the 49ers because that number's retired. That makes perfect sense to me. Oh. There's no way he's going to the 49ers. Interesting. He's not going to go to the. He's not going to go to the uh, the Jets. He's not going to follow that much in Brett's footsteps. So I think with my logic, he's going to probably be back in Green Bay for another year. Do you think I'm right? Well, what about the Raiders? That doesn't count out the Raiders. Uh, I don't know. You Maybe. don't. But you don't see the Raiders. You I, don't buy it. I like that they got a seventh round draft pick that we could take. Uh, I mean, the seventh. The seventh pick overall. Yeah, I got that. You. We could take. Yeah, the seventh overall. Maybe if we can get the seventh, I'd like the seventh pick, the second round pick, and I'd like uh, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Crafty, sneaky, that fast slot receiver. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Just put. Yep, that would be great. And we, you know, because Randall Cobb would be gone if if Aaron's gone. That's um, true. Yeah, I, I don't know. I hope he stays, but but I think I've got some really good logic there with my with my numbers thing. I don't think he's going to go to to the 49ers. I wonder how, especially quarterbacks, like, come to have their number. Because I bet maybe you'd ask Rodgers. He'd probably give a long answer about it. I, I don't know if he's ever talked about why he wears 12. Some of these guys, it just has to be random. Like, oh, it's the number they threw out, you know, day one, and I just, I never changed it. I, I wonder. I think 12 is probably the greatest quarterback number, though, of all time. Because you got, you know, from Ken Stabler, you got, you know, the, the original TB12. Terry Bradshaw. There you go. And then you got Tom Brady, of course. And then you've got, you know, Roger Staubach. There's been some great number 12. I think if I was a quarterback, that's the number I'd want to wear. But, you know, and I'm thinking he's going to take number 12 with him. 
And, you know, he's got to have the AR-12 brand. So we'll see what he does. Better than AR-15. I wonder if that number is retired anywhere else. Probably not in California. I think you need a special license to. Yeah, I think that'd probably be illegal to play in, in with AR-15. Maybe in Houston, in California. That probably maybe you're the Cowboys. Yeah. Probably go to Texas. I gotta, yeah. I gotta take a break, Mike. I appreciate the call. All right, thank you. Have a great night. Yeah, you as well, Mike in Eau Claire. This is a pretty good breakdown. I never put that together. That's the progression of his number. Maybe it's something related to astrology. Although I think he's only more recently got into astrology. I was going to get into astrology earlier this week for the sake of the bit, but then we got a dark retreat instead, and that, I was like, well, we'll get into that. We'll talk about that instead. That's such a classic Pisces move by me, though, so fickle, never wanting to stay on one thing. I know I'm a Pisces. I don't know what it means. I don't know anything about the signs. Don't listen to Ben Kenny when he tells you that. Huh, let's see. Derek says, actually, I'm not going to read that one. That, that one, I don't know if he wants me to read that. Uh, here's a text that says, Westbrook was a scapegoat there, and Ham not liking him only made things worse. I love him. Always have since college. I'll buy a Westbrook Clippers jersey uh, tomorrow if he joined us. Look at the numbers. Media ruined him. He's still got it. Hector, I don't know. They did blame him for a lot. I don't know if it's fair to say that Darvin Ham didn't like him. Darvin Ham said nothing but glowing things about him when he got to L.A. Said a lot of nice things about him. Seemed like, I, I don't know. I'm not in that building. I don't, I don't follow the Lakers beat closely. I feel like there's probably some some wrongs on both sides. And that's why parting ways is probably for the best. Parting ways is probably the correct thing to do there. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can give me a text at that number, 608-796-2558. Perry Goldstein, Packs What She Said podcast, joins us next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. A lot of fun things to discuss tonight. Not a lot of negativity. Badgers got a nice win last night. Tyler Wall looking more like himself. The Bucks got their man, Jay Crowder. I don't know if Jay Crowder really required five months of hype, but hey, we got him after talking about him for five months. It's kind of like getting the Christmas gift you've been asking for. Can your mom or dad ask you in October, hey, what do you want for Christmas? Like, I really want this. And it's very clear that you're going to get it. And then you open it on Christmas morning. It's like, it's great. It's exactly what I wanted, but I knew I was going to get it. And I've known for a while as kind of the Jay Crowder experience. The very specific Christmas gift. Or it's like a wedding present that you put on the registry. Oh, my God, a toaster. Thank you. It's the exact one that I requested. (laughs) But it's still great. But I knew I was going to get it. Specifically exactly what I wanted. Known for a while. Known for a long time. So that's the Jay Crowder experience. If you missed our trade deadline NBA lounge, oh, it was spectacular. It'll be in the podcast. If you missed Vagabond John's reaction, if you missed Cohen Roller, if you missed our conversation about Badgers basketball, it'll be in the podcast. Right now, I'm going to play you a conversation that I had just earlier this afternoon with one Perry Goldstein, Pax What She Said podcast. We kind of avoided the Rogers talk, so it's a little, it's a nice break from that. Here's our conversation with Perry. Perry Goldstein is here, Pax What She Said podcast. Hi, Perry. How Hi, are yeah. you? The past. How's Maggie? How's everything? Everything is great. Maggie is a mom, so I'm enjoying baby pics. And Pax What She Said has been, it's been an interesting season, I would say, to cover this team because. 
It's an uh, definitely an off year. We're not yeah. used to covering losses. We're not used to covering missing the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, now we get a whole off season of more fun Rogers speculation. So here we go. It's wild that uh, remember when he first went on Aubrey Marcus and talked about ayahuasca and everything. So I was thinking back of kind of the Rogers timeline earlier this week. It feels like that was a year or two ago. It was last August when that happened, like mid to late. I remember it. I was like, oh, my God, that's like right before. Like that was last year. So all of this has happened. And Rogers is, you know, talked about doing cleanses and stuff. The darkness retreat. I, I looked into it. I found a website. And I was reading about it. It's actually kind of cool. Like, I don't really have a big problem with it. It's just classic Rogers. And we're talking about him again. I realized that you guys have been talking about other things on your podcast. I see some offseason stuff and some beginning of draft stuff. Are you going to be a draft guide person before too long? Yeah, we'll dive into the draft before too long. We try to keep the draft post-Super Bowl. Feels a little premature for us to discuss the draft pre-Super Bowl, but we did have a really interesting, I thought it was interesting, episode where we looked at uh, what the two Super Bowl teams have that the Packers don't. Yeah. Kind of like what the Packers need to do to get to that level. And uh, so there's a little draft sprinkled in there, just things, things, Areas mostly that we'd like to see them target in the draft. Yeah, you guys don't want to take away attention from the Eagles and the Chiefs. The the NBA is doing that. Rodgers is doing that. Brady's doing that. We don't want to get into the draft. We want to make it about the teams in the Super Bowl. Let's start with the Eagles because I actually had an Eagles point that I wanted to talk about with you. The Eagles picked a really good year to be really good. And I think the Packers picked a really bad year to be really bad. Because I watched the yeah. Eagles make the Super Bowl and I'm like, they are great. I don't take anything away from that. That is an amazing team. But like... Man, like they picked an awesome year to have a really great team. Yeah, I mean, they had a fairly easy by NFL standards path to the Super Bowl. Um, I look back at some of the Packers paths to that and like their night and day. Right. in a boom um, just sprinkled throughout Tom Brady. Yeah. Is like, oh. yeah. And again, like it's no small feat to go up against the 49ers defense. Totally. I will give like that, that no matter who's under center, like that defense, um, you know, the giants had a nice season. And I think anytime you go up against a division opponent, there's, it's a little bit tougher. So, but yeah, I mean, the Eagles have, I think a triple threat offense that is really dynamic. Um, Jalen hurts is his own weapon. Um, just like we think of like Lamar Jackson as his own weapon, I think Jalen Hurts can be put into that like very similar category of player. And they've got two incredible wide receivers, a dominant run game, and one of the best all-time defenses at sacking the quarterback. And the combo is just that's why they're there. I'm excited for the Super Bowl because I I want to see the Eagles in a close game where they're trading possessions back. Like I want to see this team put through its paces. Like I want to see the pass rush in a big moment late in a game. I, and we didn't really get to see that in the playoffs. And I work with, with Ben Kenny, who's a diehard Eagles fan. He's from Philadelphia. And I, I try to be careful with what I say, because the Eagles are not frauds. Like they're, they're an amazing team. And they definitely, I think are the best team in the NFC and they deserve to be in the Super Bowl. But man, like I want to see them against a real quarterback and a real team. And I think we're going to get to see that on Sunday. So I'm yeah. really excited. Let's talk about some other big picture NFL news of the week, and we can apply this to the Packers. So a lot of defensive coordinators are getting hired, right? <laughs> and I'll, I'll be honest, when Matt LaFleur announced that Joe Barry was coming back, I wasn't really shocked. And I was, I'm like, fine, sure, okay, wh whatever. Like, we could do worse than Joe Barry, I guess. 
Now I'm a little bit more frustrated because I've seen Brian Flores and Steve Wilkes and Averro and Vic Fangio all get hired. And now I'm looking back like, maybe, I, maybe I'm maybe i not super okay with Joe Barry because it seems like all these other teams are trying to actively upgrade and the Packers just kind of sat on their hands. In December, I said, and I can find the clip for you. Yeah. I said, I worry that this defense playing the way it has for this four-game stretch, because this was right before the Lions game, is going to be just enough for the Packers to feel like this defense looked good enough to keep Joe Barry, and that is like the worst-case scenario in my mind, and that's like pretty much exactly what happened because you can't really blame this season on the defense, right? They, they did what they could given the inability for this team to just play like situational complementary football and the last month they won I think arguably because and I I call it turnovers which is a fluky stat and I hate it but they played well enough to keep him and I think that's just a flaw in Matt LaFleur um he's a wonderful coach and I'm I'm still a Matt LaFleur backer but I think his choices in position coaches and coordinators leaves a lot to the imagination um and speaking of that I just think Joe Barry is you say you can't get worse. Like, I think just Joe Barry is really bland, vanilla, unimaginative. And I yeah. look at all the guys that you just listed. I would take Vic Fangio off that list. I'm not too mad about not getting that. But I just think also these guys are really young. It's a really young team. They got to be molded. They want to be aggressive. And they don't have a coach that matches that energy. Yeah. And Evero and especially Brian, Brian Flores. Like, I could imagine those guys kind of coming into the room and getting really, really amped to play for him. Now, I will say I'm super excited about the Greg Williams hire for that same reason because I think that's going to be a really fun kind of counter to Joe Barry. He's young. He's only in his 40s, right? He's coached some pretty nice secondaries, and I think he's going to bring a lot of juice, a lot of energy, a lot of, like, new ideas, and that's what the secondary definitely needs based on their personalities, but I'm disappointed that Joe Barry is going to be back for another season. I don't want another mid-defense. Well, and that's what's so frustrating about this last season. You said, well, you can't really blame the defense in Joe Barry. That's why this last year is frustrating is you couldn't really blame anyone. It's like, well, Rodgers wasn't great, but he also had a banged-up O-line and he had a broken thumb. And you can't really blame the wide receivers. They're rookie. And I, that's what's frustrating is you can't really pin it down. I, Matt LaFleur and his coaching staff, he, he keeps saying, I want – consistency i want stability and i think that's important but you also yeah. need this influx of new ideas and new personalities and and i worry a little bit that when you just sit with the same coordinators you get the continuity which is nice but you're maybe not getting the new ideas and and, and new things coming into the building and i hope that's not the case next year we'll have to see i was really hoping the vikings would hire Petten because it would have been so funny to have Petten and joe barry because i enjoyed last year so much because i bonded with vikings fans because they hated at Donatel and we couldn't stand Joe yeah. Barry and it was like this is fun thing we had in common I thought no, we they made an amazing hire I gotta give Vikings that like that is a fantastic hire and and they wanted Averro it seemed Averro was their first choice and then their fallback was Brian Flores it's like okay well, we'll stick and with I just Joe think Barry. if the Packers had wanted to get someone that's a ideal coordinator coordinator position you yeah. have all this talent Mm -hmm. you know that this front office is all in on beefing up this defense because they've proven it year after year that they're gonna get draft capital in there you've got like all pros at pretty much every level and you just can't like really put it together like coordinator i'd be like i want that job yeah but it's not available yeah the vikings wanted a vero and their fallback was brian flores it's like okay fine joe barry is our guy we're talking with perry goldstein packs what she said podcast 
we don't need to talk. Well, oh, let's do this. Let's talk draft, but like conceptually, let's just think of what's coming in. We don't need to talk about names and, and specifics if we don't want to. For me, this offseason and this draft is about kind of hitting the reset button on offense. Like I want the next wave of wide receivers. I want the next wave of tight ends. I kind of want to turn the page over from Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis and Robert Tunney and Lazard to now the wide receiver room is Watson and Dobbs and X. And then you draft a wide receiver to pair. That's what this offseason is about to me is, is a turning of the page, getting younger and more explosive. Yes, I completely agree. I actually think the only player that I would like to see back, actually, I shouldn't say that. Let me rephrase it. I think the only player that probably won't be back that feels most difficult to replace is Mercedes Lewis. Sure. Um, simply because I just don't think they make tight ends like him anymore. And he's imperative to Matt LaFleur's offense. He's basically a sixth offensive lineman. So if they're going to bring, they want to bring back Mercedes on like a one-year deal, I wouldn't be that mad about that. However, all those guys you mentioned, they're only back if Rodgers is back. I think this is all like a package deal. Why does Rodgers want that? I don't know. They went like, eight that, nine that last is year. The, that is like the gold question in my mind right now that if I like one thing to ask Aaron Rodgers right now, I would because yeah. you saw what this was. This wasn't good. It's not enough. Why? It was not enough. Why do you want that again? Like what in this season showed you that this team should bring back Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon, who did not produce all that much. Granted, he's coming off an ACL. Like what about this group of weapons makes you say, I want them back Yeah. versus the young explosive that the Packers have a nice cohort of and definitely need to add to this yeah. offseason. But they also have no cap space to bring these guys back. And if they're going to use whatever little cap space they have, I don't want it on any of those guys. No. And it's a bummer for Robert Tunyon. I'm not trying to be anti-Robert Tunyon here because I think Robert Tunyon kind of fell into the same trap at the end of his Packers career, assuming he's not back. He fell into the same trap as MVS, where very good, useful player. But the bummer was in the final year of that first contract when they were still attainable by the Packers before they got expensive, they got hurt, right? And that yeah. sucked for MVS because in the year where he was assumedly going to be best and most productive for the Packers, he got hurt. And then it was time for him to get paid. So they missed out on that final year. And, and we missed out on that with Robert Tunyon, too. But I, I'm with you. And amidst all the Aaron Rodgers drama and the, and the questioning whether he's going to be back or not, I think the silver lining is, and I've talked about this, is that I think the MO for Brian Gutekunst this offseason is the same no matter who's playing quarterback next year. I think you still need to get edge rushers. You still need to get weapons. You still like That doesn't change whether it's Rodgers or whether it's Love or anybody else. And that makes me feel better. Like, Rodgers, take your time. There's not two paths. I, I think the Packers are kind of on the same road this offseason regardless. I could not agree more. And I think we've talked about this a ton on PAX, which he said, which is like, regardless of who's under center, the positions of need are the positions of need, right? I agree. It's edge, it's safety, it's tight end. You want to add no matter what. They're probably going to take a couple offensive linemen because they always do that. Like none of this changes yeah. based on who's under center. Now I think maybe specific guys that you're looking at in the draft, you would pick one over the other based on like developmental need. So like, are you going to take the Rashawn Gary this season? If Jordan love is at center or for either, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. are you going to take the developmental guy is my point over someone who like maybe can produce a little bit more now. 
I don't know if that's the plan that they go with. However, that is the Packers' way, so we will see. But, you know, if you get Rodgers back under center, you probably want a more polished wide receiver if you're going to take another one of those in this draft, right? Or if you need a tight end, I think they probably go get one in free agency because tight ends take a little bit longer to develop in the NFL, and they don't have a good, like, move pass catching tight end. But if Love is under center... Maybe you're okay with someone taking two or three seasons to develop. So that's the nuances to me, yeah. but I totally agree. And that's why when people you know, call my show and they say, Rodgers is holding the franchise hostage, they can't do anything until they know. In some ways, sure, but I think preparing for the draft and preparing for free agency, they don't have any money in free agency regardless. Yeah, so it's I, bargain bin hunting yeah, here. They're, they're hunting for bargains anyways. So if you're annoyed by Rodgers and the stuff that he's saying, just don't listen. It's fine. I don't really think in the grand scheme of things right now, it matters. If we get to June and this is still yeah. going on, okay, totally, yeah, different conversation. Um, well, June is like when they're going to have to make a decision about his contract. Yeah. So you hope that that happens sooner. But the Super Bowl hasn't even happened yet. Like, yeah. I think it's okay. I don't think he's holding them hostage. I imagine they're in conversations in some form or another, not for the next four days. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't think there's a rush here. It's fine. Go take your retreat. It's fine. We talked uh, earlier this week. This will be the last thing I asked you. Every caller that called in on my show on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, I asked them if they had four days and a nice little chunk of change with no responsibilities, what they would do for a retreat to find themselves. Do you have anything that comes to mind? Four days, no responsibilities, all the money in the world. Yeah, sure. Um, oh, there's so many things. Right. If it has to be a retreat. What, what, what would you do? What would be your escape? What would, after four days of doing what, you just feel like you're refreshed and, and ready to take on the world? I mean, I've always wanted to do one of those yoga retreats in Bali. Uh, that, that sounds really great. Um, if it has to be a retreat, I'd probably do some kind of yoga, you know, healthy eating thing somewhere very exotic. I like but I, I have a long list of things I would do with lots of money and no responsibilities in four days. We had a we had a caller who said he'd go up north and snowmobile for four days. So very different ideas from, from <laughs> you and some of my life. But that's I don't know. That's why I ask. You get funny answers. Yoga retreat in Bali. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty solid. Perry Goldstein packs what she said. Do you have anything coming up big on the podcast? Do you want to shout out before we're done? Um, nothing too notable. Um, we're definitely we have actually a meeting next week to kind of revamp our, our off season, see what we can do differently with Odyssey. So I guess stay tuned after next week, but normal cadence of the show. And you can follow us at PWSS podcast on Twitter. We're doing a lot of non Roger stuff. So if you are in that cohort of people, that's like kind of not into the whole speculation thing, our show is probably for you because we are focused on pretty much everything else. Packs what she said podcast, Perry, Maggie. Thank you, Perry. It was nice to catch up. Thanks, Grant. Great to see you. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, last couple of minutes. If you missed any of the trade deadline stuff, missed the NBA Lounge, you can find it in the podcast. I'll post it just a couple minutes after the show is done. We appreciate Perry Goldstein. Packs what she said podcast with Maggie Loney. I was been such a gracious, generous guest to the show and a good friend. Vagabond John texts in in response to, uh, I think, Perry's Mercedes Lewis and that she's uh, or she was saying that he's difficult to replace. Right. And he says Mercedes Lewis, 66270. Darnell Washington, 67. 
270. Yeah, this seems like the draft that the Packers might use a first, second round pick on a tight end. Because they've been kind of getting by, you know, with the Robert Tunyons of the world. You know, I guess Josiah DeGuaro was a third round pick. Jay Sternberger was a third round pick as well. I, I guess they, they haven't given up first or second round picks, but they've taken shots with, with threes and later. This seems like the year they might really commit. And they have some options, right? Michael Mayer and Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington is the uh, the official tight end endorsement of Ben Kenny, at least the last time we talked. So that bumps him up my, my big board just a little bit. Yeah, I think this is the year you got to address tight end. You got to try to get your guy of the future. And you need to get another wide receiver, right? I don't think you can stand pat just with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and expect those two to get even better next year and the year after and the year after. You just don't know. Packers fans, we're no strangers to players looking pretty good as rookies and then taking a big step back or never again playing as well as they did their rookie year. Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, HaHa Clinton Dix, Darnell Savage. It's actually, it's actually quite a long list. It's quite a long list. But you see it at wide receiver too. These players develop differently. They develop uh, along different trajectories. Like Devontae Adams was pretty good as a rookie in the role that he was in. And then he was almost unplayable in 2015. And then he got better, 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 better. But the Packers banked at least in some way on him being much better in year two because they had no depth other than him and Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson gets hurt and Devontae Adams wasn't ready to pick up the slack in year two. So I think it's a a little bit of a risky proposition to go into this draft and not touch wide receiver and to not touch tight end for a different reason. You just need tight ends, but... I don't think you can bank completely on Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson just being your wide receiving core next year and into the future. No, you need to continue to feed that position, and they need to revamp tight end completely. One thing we didn't talk about with Perry was leadership, right? If Mercedes Lewis leaves the team, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, there's some leadership going out the door. I'm okay with it, and we've talked about this before, but I thought I'd mention it one more time because we're kind of on the topic. If Mercedes Lewis leaves... That's an opportunity for a younger player to step up and become one of the next leaders of this team. And I think that's something that this team desperately needs. Over the last two years, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of smell in the roses from Aaron Rodgers and Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb. It's like, man, soaking in all these memories at Lambeau. And it's great. Soak. Absolutely. But this isn't a retirement tour. Right? The 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 season is not about you soaking in potentially your last moments at Lambeau. I, I'm trying to beat the Lions. Forget about a year or two down the road. We got a game Sunday. We got to beat the Lions. And I think some leaders that are a little bit younger, a little bit more aggressive, be good for this team. And those leaders can only step up and take their role if guys like Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb aren't in the fold. And if Aaron Rodgers leaves, well, then that's a whole different conversation. Then the team definitely needs leadership to take a different form. But we'll wait until we see actually what happens at quarterback before we start speculating too much. What to talk about tomorrow? Bucks Lakers tonight. That'll be fun. They should smack the Lakers around. LeBron's not playing. They're going to have nobody available because they traded away parts of their team and new parts coming in. They're not ready. So you hope the Bucks can show up and dispatch the Lakers pretty quickly tonight. And this isn't some messy, forgettable, catastrophic game. We hope. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. I'm sure we'll build on our Packers conversation as well. Enjoy your Thursday night. Talk to you tomorrow at 4.